My name is Will Fitzgerald and this is the Galway Film Podcast. Today's show is going to be another panel episode. This time we're bringing you a hot button topic recorded live at this year's Galway Film Fla. It's our panel debate on gender quotas in the film industry. Are quotas an effective way to accelerate gender equality or a threat to that very ideal? Our panelists are filmmaker Liz Gill, producer Dave Collins of Samson Films, Orla O'Connor, director of the National Women's Council, Dr. Annie Duna, chair of Screen Ireland, formerly the Irish Film Board, and Michael O'Keefe, CEO of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. The panel is chaired by Dr. Susan Liddy, co-chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland, and chair of the Equality Action Committee of the Writers Guild and Screen Directors Guild. But before I hand over to Susan, if you'd like to become a member of Women in Film and Television Ireland, or to find out more about the work they do to promote greater representation of women in film and television, visit WFT.ie. Because this was recorded live, the sound quality for audience questions may vary, but all of our panelists are perfectly audible. The Go Away Film Podcast is produced by Grease On Demand Skillnet Training. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Until then, here's Dr. Susan Liddy. Great to see you all again. Uh, many faces that I would have seen other years here. Uh, because this is always a very um, interesting and well-attended debate, and also some new faces, which, of course, is always really welcome. Um, so, uh, as uh, co-chair of uh, Women of Film and Television with my colleague, Lauren McKenzie, and chair of the Equality Action Committee of the Writers Guild and Screen Directors Guild of Ireland, I'd like to welcome you all very much, uh, and I'm delighted to have members of uh, those two boards here and also the CEOs of, those, um, uh, of, of the two guilds here as well. Um, okay, just to kind of put some context, let you know where we're going. In a few minutes, we're going to kick off with uh, my esteemed colleague, uh, Liz Gill, writer, director, producer, and known to very many of you, who's going to give a personal um, take on uh, the Irish film industry from her perspective and her opinion on quotas, because quotas is the buzzword today. Um, I suppose at the end of 2015, it, it kicked off in a way in terms of the funders with an announcement um, by uh, Annie Duna, who's here today uh, uh, on behalf of uh, what's now Screen Ireland and was then the Irish Film Board, uh, putting the six-point plan in place. And I think it's fair to say it was a moment of elation. It was a moment of hope. And it's true to say that some practitioners also had a moment of scepticism. But nonetheless, there was hope there too, that we really were on the brink of changing an awful lot. Um, now, we're nearly at the end of that period. It was a three-year uh, period for the implementation of the 50-50 uh, gender funding target. And um, Annie will talk later on uh, about the up-to-date statistics. But I suppose I'm... I'm talking really about, I suppose, the last two and a half years. Things have been progressing, I think, very, very, very slowly. And so those of us who were involved in various organisations to promote gender equality got to thinking that maybe it was now going to be a case of making a decision. The first decision would be to simply wait wait it out and see if things change. The difficulty with that is, of course, you know, all the waiting 
you're losing perhaps committed people from various organizations. Uh, you're losing people also who are falling away from the, from the film industry because they don't believe any kind of change is going to happen. The other thing would be just to let it slide and wait for the next wave of energy to come along and take over because obviously none of us have completely boundless energies and we all have other lives and we're all doing voluntary work in this. And there was a third possibility and that's where we're at today and that is that we would introduce a quota system to accelerate change uh, for gender equality. Now, I'm not here today, nor are, are any of those that I work with, to tell you that somebody has a magic packet or you know, a, a list of uh, do's and don'ts that is going to put everything in place satisfactorily. We're talking about widely different bodies here. What we are doing here today is meeting to hear what you've got to say, to hear what these people are, have got to say, to see if together we could come to some arrangement. And also we'll be talking to those who have begun to maybe think about how a quota could look like. So before I say anything else, I'm going to uh, hand you over now uh, to uh, Liz Gill, writer, director, producer, known to very many of you, who's going to give you a personal, um, a personal take on the situation. Liz. Uh, well, first of all, I'll say thank you very much to the panelists, to Susan, to everybody here for um, your kind attention. I'll uh, try to be as quick as I can and um, in honor of that. Um, while I am uh, in a somewhat unusual position of being a member of the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, um, SPY, and a board member of Women in Film and TV, um, I'm representing that board only insofar as to say that uh, women in film and TV are clear about the policy of support of quotas, um, as is the Writers Guild. Um, but that said, I'm really talking from my own personal experience and observations of the past 30 years, I suppose, working in a variety of capacities in the industry, um, starting um, as starting in you know, film school in New York, working for uh, Martin Scorsese and Harvey Weinstein. Uh, my first job here in Ireland was as a trainee on Far and Away um, in 1992, and I came back two years later to first assistant direct uh, a film called Frankie Starlight. So actually, I'm a member of SIPJ as well, if that once, once upon a time. Um, but on Frankie Starlight in 1994, I, was, uh, I remarked on the fact that on the recce bus, I don't know how many of you work in actual production, but you know when you go on your technical reconnaissance before you start shooting, there's a bus with about 12 people in it who are the heads of department of basically the shooting crew, and not costume, hair, and makeup, but everyone else. And on that job, I noticed, wow, the location manager is a woman, the production manager is a woman, I'm the first AD. This is really, you know, things are happening. Things is, this is the first time. It's changing. Great. And for about 10 years, uh, it felt like things, there was some kind of momentum. And then the subsequent 20 years, the momentum has felt to me like it's going in the reverse direction um, continuously. And time after time now, I find myself the only woman on the recce bus. I have on a number of occasions on a, on a commercial been the only woman on the floor, aside from perhaps an actress. And yet, in numerous situations when I might have uh, expressed this, uh, particularly to other women, they would say, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, I'm doing fine. So the statistics and the numbers don't bear that out. We all know that, that the, the numbers are consistently dismal. And I'm not going to go into uh, too much uh, research here because the people on my left know a lot more about it all. Um, but I'm just giving a kind of a context for 
how regardless, as a writer, as a director, which is what we're focusing on here today, but even as a first AD and now I'm producing, it's consistent, the bias. So if someone else uh, um, had a, a, a mechanism for intervention that works better than quotas, like I'd love to hear it, but uh, based on observation, I have yet to see it. And in fact, what Screen Ireland have done, as Susan says, we were all so excited, 50-50 by 2020 and 2015, we're there. And here we are still. And that's from an organization who have a dedicated, enthusiastic team who are working hard to fulfill it. And yet, the numbers that we've seen, uh, you, could, you could interpret them, but you're certainly not going to look at them and say, we're, we're done. We've reached 50-50 by any stretch. So personally, I'm deeply in favor of quotas. Um, I want to address what I perceive to be the resistance to them, typically. I have, uh, there's, first of all, I think there's a huge unconscious bias that plays out the minute quotas come into it, because typically the response I hear from women is, well, I don't want to get the job just because I'm a woman. And I would say, well, do you want to not get the job because you're a woman? Because that's actually what's happening now. Um, the other element is this notion that uh, uh, quotas are by definition going to hire unqualified people when, again, the, the facts just don't bear that out. Typically, the women who are hired through quota systems are often <coughs> overqualified. And, and by buying into that argument, you're also asserting that, by definition, those, let's call it 70% of men are in inherently more qualified than the competition, um, or the women, let's say. So I think uh, particularly, particularly women have to get over this notion this unconscious bias toward, uh, around quotas, and and I would also target perhaps the women who who have had some degree of success who really do say, well, I'm fine. I really don't know what you're talking about and what the problem is because we're not here just for our own immediate careers. We're here for this generation, but particularly the next generation because my generation, it's it's done. It's finished. I, I mean, w what we what we can calculate is how many women are working. And we can look at also within those statistics how many of those are shunted into soap and children's because that's what the guys don't want to do. But what we can't count are the number of people who've, who've walked away, given up, careers crushed, over, whose voices are permanently lost. So with a view to trying to protect those young girls, women, and, 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 and older ones who are trying to work, let's see about what we can do to... Uh, to rebalance the situation, and I, when when I, and I'm personally, I'm here not just um, I, I'm pro equality, be it it's so it's not just gender equality. We need religious orientation, racial, ethnic, all of these equalities. To me, we should be looking at the census and seeing what well, who are we, and how do we then, particularly with public bodies, allocate the funds towards reflecting who we actually are, as opposed to just the conventional habitual unconsciously biased route that we've been taking. And finally, on the argument around quality that always comes up, I think Sweden is the perfect example of how when you start, now they managed it with targets rather than quotas, but if you use the metric of critical and festival success for their feature films, you find that actually they're doing much better because who knew women's stories have become fresh and original because they're so uncommon. So that also, I think, doesn't... Um, I will say, uh, you know, with a view, I'm just, I am finishing up, but with a view towards 
this notion of equality. I'm not pro-women-only schemes, or um, and, and I do find that women get training and men get jobs. It's a cliche, but it's true. Um, and I also think in the process of trying to fulfill these quotas that I would like to see implemented, it's just not acceptable to say, excuse me, that we're, we're, we're just not getting the applications. I've heard that for over 20 years, and it is a completely unacceptable response to the lack of female representation, because if you're not getting the applications, you get out and you, get, and you make them. There are plenty of supremely talented women who have abandoned hope, and there are also those who just haven't seen it modeled, so they haven't even attempted it. But it, the, the development of talent means actually outreach and exploration and creative solutions besides just hoping that a fully formed genius is going to walk into the office and present you with something really good. Um, so with encouragement, I hope, and collaboration and uh, vision, I, for my own part and for, I think, women in film and TV, I would like to say we want 50-50 and we want it now. And I'm grateful to your time and attention and help in doing that. <laughs> Okay, as usual, uh, Liz Gill always gives us something to get our teeth into. And uh, so, look, to kick off, I, I didn't even know for sure what Liz was going to say. So, actually, making out the questions I would ask <coughs> was a little vague. So, can I start by going down the line? And maybe we could, I, I should introduce the panel. That would be the very cleverest thing to do, <laughs> actually. At the end, producer uh, David Collins of Samson Films, Orlo O'Connor, the director of the National Women's Council of Ireland. Dr. Annie Duna, uh, Chair of the Irish Film Board and President of IADT, and Michael O'Keefe, CEO of the BAI. So a really great panel. So if I could start at the end with you, David. I mean, I, don't, I, I suppose everyone's going, oh, God, not me. Don't let her start with me. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, that's no, fine. Uh, it's, a, it's an easy one to kick off. What I, David, have you ever thought about quotas or what you reckon to them? Yes. Um, I would have, I suppose, an instinctive horror of quotas. That would be very much where... Now, that's my instinct. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I think that as a company, but this was never part of a policy, we've actually sort of produced a lot of films written and directed by women. Um, and I don't really want to get into a numbers game, but it's just, it is a fact. We're making three films now. They're all by women. I don't want any, you know... I don't think that that's either a good or a bad thing. These are the best projects that I could get my hands on in the last year. And that's the way it is. Um, so that's how it's happened. Um, I've had an instinctive bias to hire women because I actually find, and again, one can be very generalist about this, but. What I found in the women that have I've hired or are working with me is that they have they are an instinctive group of collaborators and they collaborate among themselves, not under my supervision. You know, they they come back and they come in to my office or we meet and they say, We want to do this, we want to do that. Some of them have started off as PAs, they're now producing one of my first, um, and I wouldn't even call it hires, 
I think actually she hired me rather than I hired her was Martina Nyland who came in to me as a as a student just out of college and um, I'm just kind of saying this because this is how it actually works in practice is she, I was looking for I thought a PA and I sent out a call this was in the pre-internet days there was no WhatsApp or WhatsApp groups or anything else like that <coughs> and she came in and it was quite clear that she, she had no interest in being a PA, none whatsoever. But I had a short film that I was really interested in making, which was written and directed by a woman. But I know I didn't have the, I don't know, I didn't have the space in my head to even think about it. And just as, as she was leaving, I just said, look, I have this short film. Would you have a read of it? And would you be interested in producing it? I just almost wanted just to get it off my desk. So this wasn't a policy. This is how it actually happened. And she went and she produced that. She did a brilliant job on it. And she's, she still works with me. She's now set up her own company, which I think is fantastic. And we have done a lot of stuff t together. And we've just produced a film called Float Like a Butterfly together, which is a great film by, it's a second film by uh, Carmel Winters. We produced her first film. And that's how it is on the ground. Now, is David, that can I just inter yeah. interject? Just yeah. to be to be clear, and forgive me, I, I'm just bouncing. You know, I'm just bouncing remarks sure. as we go along. Sure. I I hear you, and it's not uh, an unusual setup. I suppose what I'm thinking as you're talking is, that's the way it is on the ground for you. It's not that way on the ground in terms of the numbers. And I know when things yeah. are when when you have individual women doing really well, and you no. have that are doing really well around those gender issues, they forget that sometimes the truth lurks in the numbers. I think that's a very good point. Now, one of the things I do from time to time is, and I've done this in, um, in kind of colleges where I'm asked to come in and interview MA students or you know students in film courses. I've done that actually in IADT over the years. But it is interesting. I don't know what the statistics are there. Like, I think the problem starts earlier. I don't know. I heard, this may be entirely wrong, but that there's roughly a 1,000 applications to IADT every year. 100 of them are from women. 100. Now, if that is the case, I think the problem, if it is a problem, it may go back earlier. Okay. You know, if people are arriving out of college fully formed. I think it's very difficult, and I don't hold no mandate for <coughs> Screen Ireland here, but it's very difficult if you want to put a quota system in place, but the work hasn't been done at an earlier stage okay. That's to, yeah. to actually That's fair point, uh, give that yeah. quota a chance. Okay, let's m move along. We'll come to that. We will definitely okay. come back to that. Okay. Um, Orla O'Connor is coming from a different perspective. Orla has, I suppose, much wider knowledge of many sectors and the National Women's Council. Uh, okay, Orla, can I ask you, come, you, you don't know anything about the film industry per se, uh, can you talk to us about quotas in your position as Director of the National Women's Council? What's your take on the whole thing? Sure, and I think maybe the first thing to say today, because, you know, there's been many conversations about quotas in different sectors, mm. but particularly around the media and arts. But I do think maybe what's important about today is that the context has changed, and I think it's radically changed in Ireland. I think the context changed on the 25th of May this year, and the context mm. changed on Waking the Feminists. Mm. The, the context we're having a discussion about quotas is in a context where young women 
right across Ireland have said no more. It's not, it's not acceptable to have figures that are lower than 50% now. It's not acceptable to talk about, I think one of the figures I saw was 9% of sound designers are women, 28% of playwrights are women. So that when we're having this conversation now, and for, 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 well, for me and the Women's Council, for yourselves in this sector, there is a real responsibility, and not just a responsibility, but I think an urgency of doing something about this. And that's why I liked your ending, Liz, around, you know, it's, it's about 50-50 and it's about doing it now. Um, because I think, particularly I think for young women, what happened in, around the referendum wasn't just about the ape and abortion, it was also about saying it's not acceptable to have the level of inequality that's there in Ireland and Irish women should not be treated like second-class citizens. So it's changed, and the responsibility on all of us has changed now. And I mean, fr from the perspective of the Women's Council, yeah, we clearly advocate for quotas, but we see it very much as a combination of measures, and it has to be a combination of measures. And yes, quotas are a blunt tool, but they've shown to work, and the evidence is there that, that they work. We campaigned for a long time on quotas in, um, in, you know, for politics, uh, for political parties, and, of course, the minute that they came in, we saw the biggest change in terms of representation. So th they absolutely work. And most of the, the, the arguments against them, when they come into place, actually fall away pretty quickly. Um, and, and we can see that it, like, it's not just, well, it is absolutely about equality, but it's also shown to really improve sectors. So, so there's two arguments that go with it. There's the equality one, but there's also that, you know, there are massive benefits in terms of diversity around decision-making, in addition to, to the equality one. So I suppose from, from, from our perspective, yeah, we're, we're very clearly advocates of it. We're advocates of it because it works, and we've seen it work. We've seen it work for women, but we've also seen it work right, right across the board for industries. And I think in addition now, in terms of this year, it's not acceptable to have the levels that we have. Okay, thanks, Orla. Now, Annie, coming from the film board perspective, I mean, clearly it has to be acknowledged, uh, and I should have said in the, in the pref you know, in, in my in my introductory remarks. I mean, over the last two and a half years, I mean, you know this very well, Annie, and also Michael. I'm sure uh, I'm sure that you know it. I mean, you know, the groups that I am involved with that I, I mentioned at the beginning, we have discussed, we have debated, we have, in the nicest way we possibly could argued, gave little nudges. We, we've gone through all that. We also have found common ground, it is true to say. And I am acknowledging that the Irish Film Board did kick off, the Screen Ireland did kick off. And, and I am acknowledging, Michael, that, you know, I know you came a bit late to the actual policy, but you have come, and your action plan ha ha was published in uh, earlier this year, I believe, yeah. Uh, and we will talk a little bit more about that again. But So, so Annie, you, you've been there, and you've been a supporter of changing the landscape. So, am I... How are you feeling now, two and a half years in, in terms of, is it, is it a quota time? And if it isn't, why isn't it? Okay, first of all, can I just say, I'm, I'm losing my voice. I've had a bit of a cough, um, so bear with me. I did contemplate, if I got a difficult question, I could just say, sorry, <laughs> the voice is gone, but I won't do that to you. Um, and I have my phone open in front of me because I have the latest film board, Screen Ireland, sorry, statistics, so I'm not doing my emails. I'm, I have the stats in front of me. Um, I... I if I may, Susan, I, yeah. I'll just go back to mm. um, the Screen Ireland's position, which is at the moment we don't have quotas. We have a target of 50-50 funding by 2020, and that was our target that we set at the end of 2015 when we did the six-point plan. We didn't do that lightly. We did look uh, with Anna Serna at the Swedish model. We did look internationally. 
uh, Sweden decided, as we have, that they would set targets, but that they would also do a lot of positive action initiatives to try and, and change those figures. So what we decided to do in Screen Ireland was have a series of measures, and we're about changing three things. We're about changing the financial incentives, the producers, the way that people look for women, the way that they get out there, and as Liz said, they find the talent. So a number of our schemes are about additional money for films that come to Screen Ireland that have female talent attached, so whether that's writers, producers, or directors. So we've put in real monetary benefits, because we know, and sorry to the producers in the room, producers are quite interested in money. So if you put in financial incentives, then maybe, Liz, they will start to look for the, that talent that we know is out there. So we've done that. We have put in positive action schemes. We do have women-only rounds. We have women's events. We have a number of initiatives that we are encouraging with RTE, with other people, for women and for young women to get involved and to come into the world of film early in my own institute, IEDT. And sorry, David, it's not 10% of applications come from women. It's, it's actually higher. But what you write on is that there are much fewer women graduating film schools. It's about 40% nationally, between 35 and 40% in Ireland. But then it's the dip of when they then go into the industry that happens after they've left. So the Screen Ireland has been doing with Screen Training Ireland a lot of work looking at education, looking at, at programmes like the Young Women in Film Initiative that we run in IEDT. We're looking at an education industry event that will address gender and diversity. So we're looking at, at training, but we're also looking at positive action events. But I think really importantly, we're also about changing cultures and changing hearts and minds. And a lot of the work that we're doing at the moment is with production companies, meeting them, meeting people like RTBAI and saying, well, what are you doing positively to help us to get to that 50%? You can't sit back and let it slide, as I think that was the phrase that Liz used. So we are putting it up to them and saying, what is it that you are doing to find that talent that's out there, to encourage that talent, to really be championing those young and older women that we know are in the system? And that's um, that's slow progress. Okay. That is slow progress. Annie, can I just... Uh, just go in there on one thing. Mm -hmm. I know that the phrase now is 50-50 uh, by 2020. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that your, your website actually includes, I believe, or did the last time I checked, two, two aspects of that. You mm -hmm. do mention 50-50 by 2020. Mm -hmm. But the six-point plan was actually a three-year target, which is actually up uh, in December 2015. Am I right about that? December 2015. Um, 2018, yeah. from 15. So, so what I'm saying is, are we now to accept that the six-point plan as envisaged in 2015, is not going through, and you have moved to a different system of 50-50 by 2020. No, no, no. I, no, I think they, were, they, they are parallel. We always said that the six-point plan, and, and I imagine you know, what we need to do is just extend that six-point plan and, and rethink it and rewrite it. No, the six-point plan is still there. We are still going to continue to do all those things. But I think the 50-50 by 2020 requires us to, to rethink. And I have got the most recent stats if I may, uh, Susan, yep, go ahead. For, for quarter one and quarter two. And we are still not at 50%, but you know the stats for the first two quarters are better. For, we're talking about, for example, production funding, quarter one, female writers 50%, female directors 50 female producers 50 Quarter two, it's gone down to 40 um, Project development, we're still low on female directors, 23, but producers 54, female writers 46. So we are beginning to see movement, but we're not taking our foot off the pedal. We are, if anything, 
putting our foot on the pedal, on the gas, and saying to the people who are the funders, the production companies, the people who have the power and influence, you have to be doing something positive about this. And we talked at a board meeting yesterday about, in the same way as we require companies who we contract with to have health and safety statements, to have a, a various set of statutory statements, we are now we think, going to introduce, and I'm saying we think because it hasn't been formally agreed, but we are proposing that we require the companies that we contract with to have a gender equality and a diversity statement. So we need to see that. Yeah. We need to see that you know it's not a, a paper commitment only. They are doing something positively. But we think a good step would be to say, show us your written statement. Show us your commitment on paper and show us your current statistics. And that's something that I think the project managers would like to see as well. We've discussed things like blind readers. Not blind readers, that's terrible, you know what I mean? Reading gender blind, <laughs> blind gender readers. I'm just making that worse, yeah, aren't I? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so the readers who are yeah. reading it are reading yeah. it gender blind. We've looked at that, whether that would make a difference. So I think our commitment was the six-point plan to continue to develop. And things that aren't in the six-point plan have been put in. We didn't have a commitment in the six-point plan for the additional 100,000. That was something that came out of James Sickey, the team, the project manager, and myself, saying we need to up the ante on this. We okay, need to put money and in. I take all of those things and uh, we hear you but obviously this debate is about quotas so mm. what I really would like to know is what's the big problem about beginning to apply them? Now, I, I want to come to the gills in okay. a minute because I know this is not an easy thing uh, it, it's quite a complex matter and there would have to be a lot of debate and discussion uh, and for, for instance the BAI and you know and Screen Ireland you would be completely different so it isn't a case of one size fits all but nonetheless given that we have you know we, okay we're seeing the beginnings of certain positive things we have no clue this minute whether the the, the, the rest of 2018 will show slide back we don't know um, so what, what, what would be what is the, the problem with just simply saying, do you know what? We're going to cut the chase here. Mm. We're going to implement quotas. What I'll is the crux of the problem? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a personal opinion on that because I don't think we have a, a Screen Ireland um, position on that. My personal opinion is that it, quotas will do you something immediately in terms of the numbers. They won't give you the long-term change of culture and buy-in and change of hearts and minds that we are looking for. And that's a personal opinion, mm -hmm. Susan. I've seen it happen in politics where, you know, it's been great, all of that more women have come in to the political system. But actually, I want there to be real meaningful change in the industry. And I was at a session in here this morning where we, there was a session talking about um, the way the industry works. And people were talking about the who you know bit. And somebody knows somebody and they get a job. And that is often a man. Somebody knows another man and they get the job. So there's a fundamental sea change for me that needs to occur in this industry, along with a lot of other industries. And I'm not sure that merely putting in quotes and saying, there, we've done it. We've done our job is the way to do it. I would much okay. rather say, and we're not frightened of quotas okay. at Screen Island. We have said, if we don't meet, meet 50-50 by 2020, we will revisit this. Okay, so I, I know Orla is very anxious yeah. to get in, but I would like to come to Michael first, Orla, and then I will give okay. you the opportunity. Okay. Michael, where, where do the BAI uh, fit into all this? Okay, well, we're, um, we're, we are, as you said, we were a little behind. Um, we were here two years ago. You were, Michael, we you got out alive for two years <laughs> in a row. I can't make any guarantees right, about this, this year. Time. Okay, well, what, what, what have we done so this this time, um, we, I suppose the first thing we did, I mean, and as you, I, I think I mentioned last year that we, we had put planned to put a gender action plan in the our three-year strategy, which was 17 to 19. We've done that. Uh, we delivered a gender action plan uh, earlier this year. We'd, we'd been doing work on it last year. Um, there's, there's 
four different strands to that, and there's one one that I'll put particular mm -hmm. emphasis because mm -hmm. I think it's the one that you, you'll be most interested in. But obviously, there's the whole area of data collection, and publication. There's mm -hmm. the whole there's research. Uh, there are gender initiatives, and I will talk about a little bit about one or two of those. And then there's enhancing accountability processes. So they're they're based. Um, th there's, and there's a whole range of, of things that, that, that cover those. In terms of the initiatives, um, obviously the one that we can have most impact on is the Sound and Vision Scheme, yes. which is our funding scheme. Um, and we introduced new criteria in round 30, which was the round that closed, uh, was completed in November uh, of last, the, the, the most recent one. And the, 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 it's the, the second one is just recently closed, and we're, we're adjudicating on that at the moment. Basically, the, 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 the criteria that are now required is that the applicant for funding now has to outline the gender of the plan producer, writer, and director at mm -hmm. application stage. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the, the final, which is the drawdown, the final tranche of payment, they must report on the gender of the key mm. creator. So there's, there's both a at the beginning, on the way in, and, and, and on the way out. But can I just, just intervene there? I won't, yeah. I won't stop you going, yeah. Michael, but just for clarification. Yes. The applicant must give you information about the gender composition of yes. the of the team. Yes. However, that is purely data collection, is it? Because it doesn't well, really matter, does it, if they say, well, actually, every single person well, we've anything to do with is male. Okay, and the next, yeah. the next, and you're right, if it was only that. But the next part of it, I suppose, is, 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 is probably the important mm -hmm. one, which has, has had some impact, which is that the, we have a number of assessment phases. We have the the, the, the qualitative assessment, mm -hmm. which is the first one that's done, and then mm -hmm. we have the strategic assessment, mm -hmm. which is basically we qualify far more projects than we can we can fund. Yes. So the strategic assessment looks at a range of criteria, and we base then the, the package uh, of proposals mm -hmm. that are funded on the base of that strategic mm -hmm. assessment. And I suppose that's where the key <coughs> initiative we, we took, because we, 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 we have included a gender uh, criteria in the strategic assessment phase. So what, what that effectively means is that, that in each application, as well as listing, you must list the producer, writer, and director. And we've introduced, to put it at its crudest, a point system where right. all things being equal. Uh, so if there are two projects that are, that, 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 that are identical, let's say, in terms of quality, and, and they come back from a quality perspective, the strategic assessment will, will weight the one that, 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 that uh, performs better under the gender criteria ahead of the other one. Okay. So that's the first time we, we, we'd have taken initiative of that nature. And the, it is a first, I mean, it, it was done in, the fir, in that round this year, so it's, um, <coughs> I'd prefer to judge this after three rounds, I think. Okay. I, think I think one round is, but I will give you the statistics on, on, on the round because they did, have a, they did have an impact. They had a particular impact under two of the, the criteria, on, on, on the, uh, under the producer and the writer. They had a small impact on director and clearly okay. we've identified that that's, yes. that's an area which that, does that is, need yes, further it work. Does, yeah. But le let me give you the stats because it, 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 it is useful because I am remembering two years ago and my stats for writer and, and director two years ago were between 12 and 15 mm. percent. So mm -hmm. just, just bear that in mind. Um, and we had, we had producers at around 40 percent. Okay. Uh, in the current round, the successful applications, um, in the producers, women, there were 64% of the successful applicants were women producers. So that's, okay. uh, that's the highest it, it has ever mm -hmm. been. And, and, and it, was, it was pretty, I'm not sure we can maintain that, that okay. level, but I'm sure yeah. you'll, you'll be happy if we do. Yeah. Um, it was, and it is one round, so I just, okay. just, just yeah. pl please bear that in mind. In terms of the writers, um, <coughs> and just giving you these stats, bear in mind that the, 
So it's not applicable to all mm-hmm. applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. there, there isn't a right or requirement mm-hmm. in all applications. But I think the key, the key result is that 36.5% mm-hmm. of the, the uh, projects mm-hmm. were, the successful projects were, were, had women writers right. as opposed to 30% right. had male. Okay. There was 30, right. between, roughly 35% okay. the, the criteria didn't okay. apply. So effectively yeah. what you saw in the case of writers was that women uh, were more successful than, than men. But I suppose I can't get out of jail completely no. free uh, because it wasn't as good in directors. And, okay. and, and the it was better mm. than the 12 to 15% mm. we had two years mm-hmm. ago, um, but it's not it's not. But a lot enough. more work for, to it's be a lot done with directors. We, 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 the, yeah. the directors was 21% yeah. as opposed okay. to 73% for okay. men. So I'm not... Yeah. I'm coming with clean okay. hands here and saying yeah. we didn't, right. uh, they, they, they weren't as, as, mm. as, as, as good as so, we might So, have Michael, look, I, those figures are very interesting, and I know we spoke <coughs> to Stephanie Comey, and I just would like to acknowledge publicly that Stephanie Comey is another person who's been very supportive, you know, and very, um, very interested in these issues. Is there a place for quotas with the BAI? Well, I think our, our first, mm. I mean, our, our, our action plan was to mm. increase. I mean, mm. that, I mean, we, mm. we, we recognised that the levels we were at were very low mm. and we, we, mm. we, we set in, in motion uh, initiatives that would, would increase. Mm. Our intention would be that this is, this is a, this is a three-year right. strategy. I mean, well, it's, yeah. I mean, we will review the strategy mm. at the end of 2019. Mm. At that stage, because the, sound, the current mm. Sound and Vision mm. scheme comes to an mm. end at the end of 2019, we will have run... Mm. There's a round at the moment, there's another one closing Mm. in November, Mm. and there's another one in May Mm. of next year. Mm. So we will have four rounds uh, to review at the end when we review the impact of this. And I suppose it is the first time. The feedback, for example, the feedback that people would have got, let's take the two that were identical in terms of all other criteria. Mm -hmm. Mm. The feedback that Mm. the the person who was Mm. unsuccessful Mm. would have got was the reason that X got there ahead Mm. of you was because the gender criteria okay. push them ahead okay. Okay. so that's a, okay. I suppose that's a mechanism okay. as I said it's one round um, I wouldn't okay. you know, yes. statistically okay. that, that won't stand right. up I'd like okay. to see it over okay. we'll have a bit more information I mean if we had loads of time we could talk on further yeah. but I'm very I, I want to leave quite a bit of time at the end for people to talk because I think that's where we run out of time I would just like before I, I would like to bring the gills in because I, I just there, this is there's a lot of discussion going on there and as Liz said of course the women of film and television have already passed um, and approved qu- the quota, <coughs> a quota position but Orly you wanted to get back in on something Annie was saying do you yeah, want to I just think I mean, there's two, just two things I think is important to say, and that is, one is anyone who certainly, who, anyone who advocates quotas doesn't advocate them as opposed to anything else. It's a combination with positive actions. What I think it is, and I appreciate you said, you know, it was a personal opinion, but, but to be clear, the evidence that is there from quotas shows that, it's, that when quotas are implement, implemented, it's not that culture and practice doesn't change mm-hmm. or that in some way it's an imposition. Because mm-hmm. in fact what they do, and the evidence shows it, is that they force culture mm-hmm. and practice to mm-hmm. change at a pace much quicker. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, the evidence is there from that in Ireland in terms mm-hmm. of what's after happening in politics, mm-hmm. but also and particularly from a lot of the Nordic countries, Norway being an example, <coughs> where they've introduced a quota in terms of their boards, and they would say, and this has been well documented, that it forced the practice mm-hmm. to change fast. Um, and the culture to change quickly because you can't reach the quota unless you do those mm-hmm. and, un- and in order to make it sustainable you've got to change the practices except they do it at a much much quicker pace mm-hmm. so it goes hand in hand and it's mm-hmm. not an either or so in other words it, it's it's kind of you're saying that the the quota the imp- the, the kind of um, the, the putting together of a quota position by any sector 
is going to encourage the culture to change rather than waiting for the culture to be at a position and then maybe to start thinking. It's going to force it. Yes. It's going to force okay. it. And, and yes, that comes with opposition. That comes with a particular mm. way of, of, of managing mm. it. Mm. But absolutely is shown to work because the benefits mm. become clear pretty quickly mm. in, any, in mm. any business, in any mm. company. Mm. So, so that's why mm. you know that's why mm. they've worked, okay. and also that's why like somebody like like we do in the women's council, but again from the Nordic countries, they're seen as temporary because they only need to be temporary because people see them as working, mm. and mm. then when they become mainstream mm. and it's just part of natural practice, mm. then you don't need them. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to manage time here. I, I think this might be the moment to, 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 to quickly go. Um, David Cavan, I see there in the front row, and, and Birch Hamilton of the Writers Guild and Screen Directors Guild, respectively. David, could I ask you to maybe to fill in um, the, the audience here about what's been going on in the Writers Guild and, of course, uh, the AC, which maybe Birch would like to talk about as well, yeah? Sure, the Equality Action Committee. Can everybody hear David? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which Susan chairs is a joint committee of the two guilds. Uh, and it's been working on the issue for some uh, considerable time, and the two guilds themselves have been working for a, a, a decade, I guess. Um, and it's been very frustrating over the last couple of years to get statistics from Annie on a quarterly basis uh, uh, and, and, and have this sense that it's not happening, that, that everybody's in favour of this happening and it's not happening. So I think we're all, and, and myself and Bridget have been talking about this recently, we sense a change, a sub really substantial change happening over the last six months thereabouts. Uh, one of the statistics you didn't mention, Annie, was the uh, number of applications to the POV scheme that you uh, introduced. There are 82 applications to the POV scheme. That's extraordinary. We hadn't expected, none of us, I think, had expected any such volume of applications to the same. Uh, 66. 66 applications. Thank you for being so honest, Dervla. Thank you. <laughs> We had that sense as well. We had this feeling that more people were applying, and we were really here pleased to hear the BAI uh, uh, figures, which are very mm. positive. Mm -hmm. there. Really strong vote of thanks mm. to you, uh, to both organizations, yes. to the board mm. and to the BAI, yeah. and in particular to the staff of both mm. organizations who have been driving this. They have. Uh, but actually, the real vote of thanks, um, uh, which is a strange and interesting one, is to the women who have started applying. They haven't been applying for a couple of years, and now they're starting to apply in substantial numbers. And that's a great thing. And, and the more women that apply, the better. And it's a frustrating and difficult process, and you get turned down, and there you go. But at least people are starting to apply. But in that context, uh, both boards started to think about the, the issue of quotas. Um, at the beginning of this process, we were against quotas. We argued in favor of, of targets instead of quotas. Uh, now we're, we're, we increasingly feel that some kind of quota system that we have to start pushing for it now. Um, my board, the Writers Guild board, has already discussed it and decided formally that they're in favor of quotas. The Directors Guild is in the process of discussing it, and, and uh, I expect they'll come to a similar conclusion. Uh, women in film and television in Ireland have already committed themselves to quotas. Uh, what's the logic of that? If things are going well, why should we have quotas? Um, and Annie, I think it goes to what you're saying, that, that what you were suggesting is that the, the problem about quotas is that uh, quotas don't change the culture. I think what's happened is the culture is changing. Um, in part because of 25th of May and because of the, the extraordinary and wonderful things that have happened in terms of women's reproductive rights in the last period of time, um, but, but substantially because um, women always wanted to participate. They were told they could participate. It took a while for them to start to do so. Now they are doing so. How do we underpin that? How do we confirm that? How do we make sure that that doesn't slip back? How do we make sure that you know eight months from now there isn't some other issue that becomes pressing for the mm -hmm. staff at Screen Ireland? Yes. Board? 
were overwhelmed before. Mm. We need to find some way to underpin it, to secure it, to make sure that it stays in place mm. and that it grows. Mm. So the, the principle that myself and Birch have been discussing, and Birch has done a very interesting uh, document which is uh, being discussed by the Equality Action Committee, uh, and we have a short document for you here, just a, a discussion document that, that goes into some of those ideas. The idea that we're thinking about and that we're hoping to propose is an idea, I, I started calling it staggered quotas. Um, and uh, Birch came up with the better type of managed quotas. <laughs> managed staggered quotas, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thought that we have is that we would ask the board and the BAI to take each deadline as it arrives, to look inside each deadline, to see what percentage of women are applying and what percentage of women are being successful against those deadlines, and then putting in a quota dedicated to that particular deadline. And so if it's 20%, maybe the quota should be 30% or 35% to start with. If it's 40% of women, then the quota can be 50% to start with. Um, uh, inside the film industry, as everybody here knows, you've got to develop projects before you can produce them. So there should be faster, harder quotas on the development side to get enough projects into development so the projects are, are becoming available. So, so David, the staggered managed, whichever um, that you're that, that you're talking about here, that really needs action, really quite immediately on the development side. Is it, would that be? Yeah, absolutely, and and, and it needs, of course, uh, and this is why the word managed is so much better than staggered. Uh, we can propose all we like. Mm. Um, the decision about this is is going to be made by the film board and the BAI. Uh, we can make a suggestion to you, but you decide. If you say no, then it's not going to happen. If you say no, then it is going to happen. Okay. So we, we think that we would like to work much more with the current statistics. Um, they've been a bit delayed coming out, but now they're there. Uh, proposing particular things. Um, but it's not just that you have, with, with quotas, with staggered or managed quotas like this, it's not that you start with the quotas just at the beginning of the process, knowing where things are. You've also got to have the, the quotas built to the end of the yes. process, knowing where we want yep. to go. And where we want it to go is 50-50 by 2020. Okay. So we stagger the quotas so that they hit the target of 50-50 by 2020. Okay. Uh, but not trying to go for some uh, explosive 50-50 overnight. Right. Uh, which we think would be. Okay. David, can I stop you there? And I will come back to you, Birch. But I know, Annie, you wanted to get in there very yeah, quickly. Just, yeah, um, just a couple of things. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, this notion that um, the commitment of, of Screen Ireland, and forgive me if I'm paraphrasing you, David, is, is dependent on who the chair is or who the project managers are. And the project managers and myself talked about this a lot over the last few days because we keep hearing it. We keep hearing, well, if, if you decide to stop being chair or when your term is finished or if the project managers leave at the end of five years, things will slide back. It absolutely won't. I think what we've built in to the jobs that we advertise to the whole ethos of Screen Ireland is that long-term commitment. And we absolutely are saying to you now that, you know, it is not dependent on just whom we happen to have in at the time. They're important and they've been really important in moving this on. But we want to build it in to the structures, to the culture and to the raison d'etre of Screen Ireland. And those of you who read The Phoenix, and unfortunately people send me it when I'm in it, which is irritating. I'd rather you didn't, thank you very much. You know, I get lambasted all the time because the, the, of the gender imbalance at the staff in the Screen Island. That's what the Phoenix write about with me. It's, you know, it's the gender imbalance there. So it's just to reassure people that we have people in Screen Island who are absolutely 100% committed to gender equality and diversity, and that isn't going to change. Just one thing on the culture, if I may, Ola, because I, I accept that, you know, in, in education where I am, we, we, I say this every year, we pitiful two out of 21 presidents of higher education institutions in Ireland are women, and that includes me. 
You know, so it's, it's ridiculous. And we have quotas for boards and things. And I do understand that the culture changes when women get more involved. But I want the bloody culture to change without women having to come in and push it. I want the men in those companies and the men in the industry to recognise that that culture is wrong and that culture is disrespectful and puts women down and doesn't encourage women. I want it to be two-pronged. I think women coming in and having 50% women does change culture, but I want them to start changing the culture and not wait for us to get in there. And that's a plea to the production yeah, I, companies I mean, I, as well. I, I think that's an understandable and, you know, a, a lovely aspiration, Annie. And with the greatest respect, I also think it might be just a little, perhaps, naive, because I don't think that power transfers in that way. And having said that, and I want to say this publicly, Annie, because, you know, uh, uh, you and I have spoken when I was a researcher and you weren't the chair of the IFB at all, mm. uh, Screen Ireland. Um, you know, it is true that if policies are there, yeah. They're there, and time will go on. But we all know that different individuals bring energy, vision, they, you know, and others, individuals who might be saying the same thing, don't bring it in the same way. So I'm sorry, and this is kind of taking my hat off to you, Annie. Um, I'd like to get a lot of this done while you're still there. Sorry, that's just a personal opinion, but you know, I think a lot of people share it. I'm not saying that what you're saying isn't true, but nonetheless, you, know, you have been a very powerful force. Um, can I go to Birch now? Birch? Yeah, I just want to put it in context. Like yeah. you've, you've been at this for 10 years, so I will say congratulations to the uh, yeah. IP for the work that you've done. And there is a sea change, and there is, you know, we've just gone through a referendum. I think there, you know, it took a while to get the women to respond. But the real uh, wonderful thing to hear about is that the POB speak is 82. No, 66. 61. But it's still good. It's still, still good. good. Derby, it's still good. Get your mouth closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were very, very concerned because. You know, the film work put out this kind of all branch saying you have to get these women together. And we were very concerned that women wouldn't be out there. So there, there is so much talent, both from writing and directing, out there. So the time is now. And so I, I do believe we can use the 50 50. What this document and what, we're, what we will officially propose, you know, in a very, you know, this is why we're, we're getting feedback and, and we're having a, a dialogue, is about, you know, you know managed targets, but it's about, we're not banging our fists and saying 50-50, we're actually looking very, very realistically in a very detailed way about what, what that is, where, where we can get to. I think, I mean, your point about the culture, I think we want both, yes, we, I, I agree with you, we want quotas and we want that culture, but, you know, the problem is, particularly for directors, is, is that, you know, you have a direct engagement with quotas, with writers, but, you know, it's the producers that will decide who the directors that they're going to take on. So we need more engagement with the producers. And that's a, a cultural shift. And one, mm -hmm. you know, we're really struggling with yep. at the moment is how do we get those producers yes. to, you know, want to, you know, want to not just feel pressured mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. engage, but mm -hmm. really, really want to. Mm -hmm. Because they're out there and there's so mm -hmm. much talent out there, you know, you know, and our directors are working all over the world yep. internationally. So it's just how do we join the dots for the producers to actually naturally okay. do that? And I think so that's part of the equation. Yes, quotas, but also uh, working, you know, at all the support mm. that underpin getting those quotas and mm. working more collaboratively.
we're, we're <coughs> always very delighted to have a male producer here, David, I should, I should say, and particularly your, your good self. Um, can I ask you just to t on, on Birch's comment, I know that you spoke personally and, and, and gave your, your own personal opinion about you know, gender and how you have no problem working with women and so on. Does it surprise you to learn that the screen producers have not come on board with the same uh, goodwill, shall we say, as, as perhaps other groups? Can you account for it? Sorry, I, I'm not, sh by screen, sorry, are you saying that my colleagues aren't as actively embracing the idea of working yes. with female talent as I seem to be? Um, is that your question? They do, well, uh, yes. Is it? I think, yeah. is that, no. is it about, yes. No, I want to be very specific yeah. about this. Yeah, I think it's that, okay, I, I, it's that we're finding it difficult. I think it's true to say, if I'm speaking out of turn or no, no, it's not what people no, think. No, no, no. I think we are finding it harder, no matter who you're talking to, anybody who's involved in the gender agenda, shall we say, okay. are finding it harder to get spy to engage. Oh, you mean spies? Spy or producers <coughs> or, or individual producers who aren't in spy. <laughs> Okay, I'm actually on the, well, at the moment, I'm actually not on the board of SPY, which is rare, because I feel as though I've been on the board of SPY for almost a million years. But at the moment, I am chair of the film and TV drama subgroup yep. of SPY. I mean, in terms of my producing, my colleagues who are producers, and we normally do live action, I can really honestly say that I and really is as simple and as blunt as this. I mean, everyone is out there looking for the best project, and I think we go to the ends of the earth to try and get the best project. I'm sometimes incredibly jealous of the projects that other people are producing, so it, it's c competitive. I have never felt that any of my colleagues, the ones I would work with on a regular kind of basis, have even an unconscious bias in favor of a male director. Now, this may be something that I'm just naive, and perhaps I am, but all I can give you is my honest opinion. Um, and that is true. From my own perspective, it's actually worked out that I tend to work with a lot of women writers and directors and producers. That's just how it happens. Where spy is concerned, I, again, at a formal <coughs> level, um, I think spy is extremely alert to the question of gender and gender bias across the board. I just think it is. And therefore, um, you know, I don't think that there is a prejudice there. Maybe there's a discussion, maybe there's something that needs to be pushed through. Uh, but to me, it comes back to, and it really does, is, is I genuinely want everyone to be empowered. I want, I've always kind of said this, I want young people to be empowered to get a career in this industry. I don't think it's just about whether you're you know, a man or a woman, I don't think it's, necessarily that easy for a man to make a career in Ireland working on the stuff that they really want to do. It's tough anyway. It may be even tougher for women, and I accept that. But I don't think putting a gender policy in place is going to make you know, everything easier all of a sudden. And I think one of my responsibilities as a producer is to try and search out 
you know, the seeds of young kind of talent. And I genuinely believe that that starts really early. I mean, just on a personal level, like my agenda is I would love to make a great live action film or TV series for children. Like, I would love to do that. We're not making any of those. I'd love to make a great Irish language film. I mean, that's on my agenda. And when I look at Scandinavia, and I see what they've done in terms of making films for young people, <coughs> sort of by young people across the board, I think their gender sort of balance, um, sort of culture, has come out of a culture that is also about respecting the rights of children, respecting the rights of minorities, in a way that you know we instinctively want to do, but haven't arrived there. So I, f I feel that that's all part of it. And I find that really exciting. I genuinely find that really exciting. Okay, thanks, David. Um, okay, I think we should just throw it up to the floor now because I, I have no watch with me. I mean, what about a chair who comes with no watch? So I'm kind of, this is why I'm frantically looking to my left. So lots of people, you, you're here, oh, I see your hand up. We start with you. Hi, uh, my name is Denise and I work as director of animation. <coughs> One of the very first opportunities I got was shorts being in RTD. And the show I pitched was called Crap Rap, by two boys who rapped and were crap. Sheila DeCorsi, the commissioning editor, said, this is great, love it, um, do you have any girls? I was like, oh shit. Uh, like, well, one of them has a sister. Great, give her some friends, and then we're good. Mm. But she put that on me. It was like, I love that you've got these two boys who are rapping and mm. rapping on but where are the girls? Mm. Do you guys have an agenda, not so much about the gender of the team, yeah absolutely and, and in fact we we publish statistics on films that um screen allergy that have female protagonists and, and i think a, that's a getting to be a better statistic it is getting to be a better statistic because we know that that you know films with with women leads with strong women characters you know with good gender balance it's really important to have that so it's not just about who's in front and behind the camera but it's what the story is and it, and i think you know we're talking about gender specifically here but we're very clear in screen island <coughs> excuse me that we want to see diverse stories so stories about and by women stories about travelers stories about new irish stories about minority communities you know and i think the, the project team are all nodding nodding at me behind you there they are actively seeking out stories with strong female characters and strong female presence and also the more the, the wider aspects of diversity. So absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, the business case is there that Anna Cerner in Sweden will tell you that those films which have strong female characters sell. They do well at the box office. So, you know, there's another mm. incentive. People want to hear those stories. And, Michael, mm. I think you wanted to come into that I as do, well. I yeah. do, um, And uh, Orla has been dealing with, with me on this yes. issue about on-air women. There's no escaping us, there's really, no escape. Well, no, I mean, look, <laughs> again, the stats were not very good. I hope they're going to be better. And we, we, we are yeah. looking at a possible mm. research project on that yeah. next year, which is separate to what we're doing here. But it, it's, it's mm -hmm. a, uh, I mean, on-air representation is, is, yes. is one of our pillars. And... I suppose I better, I, I, I just want to announce Please, something yes, that we're yep. doing. Um, we're in the open round of Sound and Vision, which will happen next May, which is, is uh, the, 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 not the next one, but the one after that, we are having a particular focus on women's stories and women's voices. What we're going to do is we're going to call for television and film projects across all genres, documentary, sport, entertainment, drama, animation, telling women's stories and are giving <coughs> prominence to women's voices. And the initiative aims at addressing issues of on-screen representation, portrayal of women, and helping shape a different narrative for women on TV or in film. 
but I also would say that male writers are not, they're welcome to apply for funding under okay. this right. initiative okay. as well. So loads of but it, it is around yeah. prominence for women's yeah, stories, and it good. is about developing yeah. that. And that will be next May, It'll you It'll be think, the, the one after the next one, which is May. Okay, so excellent. Get, get right okay. in. Sorry. I'm Fred O'Brien, I'm a writer in the rest of Ireland, working mostly in the Irish language. And uh, I have to, a couple of comments to make. The first one being that if you bring in a requirement of gender equality in this area that I've been working in for the last 20-some years, you're going to have to fire half the women and hire men. Because it, it's been my experience over the last 20-some years as a writer that most of the rooms I'm in for story development and everything, I'm in a distinct minority of four to one or less. But do they get developed? I mean, do they get produced, those stories? For instance, Rusty Room. Oh, that's... I know. And it is unfortunate, yeah. I take your point. It is unfortunate. As an Irish person who's mm. working in the majority in the Irish language, which you can hear, I'm trouble speaking English. Uh, although it's my first language, I have, I don't speak it much anymore. Um, is anybody in this room going to get up and stand on a committee to, to get equality for money for Irish? We're just too exhausted for getting up about gender. Yeah. Otherwise, I would, honestly. I just so tired. No, I take your point. I do take your point. And I know it's a whole other issue, but we can't embrace all issues, unfortunately. You have to give your... You need to set up your own group. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Can yeah. I get yeah. the woman beside you there? Yeah, sorry. Hi. Elaine. Hello, Elaine. Hi. Yes. Yes. Great discussion. Just for clarity, we were approached months ago regarding developing a gender and policy. Yes.
continue to engage, by the way, not just starting to engage on how to get there. Yes. That's great, yeah. Good, uh, good, Elaine, and good to, to, to meet you. I know we, we have emailed and so on. I haven't met you. Um, yeah, and I take your point that there are a lot of female producers. And to be honest with you, and I had this discussion at a meeting the other day with a producer, <coughs> it is one of those questions, maybe research needs to be done on, like, because normally you would imagine when there's a lot of female producers, you would get much more movement in the industry for women, but that doesn't seem to be happening here. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, I think where the if I if I'm picking this up right, Birch and David, I mean, on the road to to devising a strategy that we would hope to to involve the funders in. I mean, screen uh, screen producers Ireland would be more than welcome to a, a dis open discussion with us on that because we want all the bodies to be involved. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They're absolutely essential. So that's good to hear, Elaine. Susan, um, I just, sorry, yes? was just to say, because I actually think the staggered quota idea is, is, is a good idea. And in fact, in a lot of places that have introduced quotas, that's exactly how they've done it. So I'm not necessarily saying you go in with the 50%. I mean, mm. that's actually what's happening in, in um, our general election. It was a 30 and Oh, sorry. It's now going up to a 40%. So, you know, I think that's a good approach. Yep. Okay. Now, Hans, sorry, um, you're ma there with the glasses. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I don't know your name. Hi, uh, Johnny O'Reilly. Okay. I'm a director. Um, I'm still learning a lot about uh, these arguments, and um, I haven't yet decided on whether I think that is a good idea. Although I'm leaning towards skepticism, um, I feel that um, that the, the, the main uh, objectives of a lot of these arguments are, are twofold. One is to defeat unconscious bias, and secondly is to women to choose to be writers and directors. Um, I, I, I don't think there's many other objectives, but if they are, they're much... To accelerate their progress also, yeah. Progress, yes. So, um, when you take, for example, a theoretical evolution of a career <coughs> from a 16-year-old to a 40-year-old you know, girl, it would seem to me that there are two points where the difficulty occurs. <coughs> One is where uh, they are faced with unconscious bias, which they hope people have become more alert to in the last few years. Uh, but that happens, you know, when they're ready to start earning a living and that kind of thing. And the other point is where they choose to study writing and directing university. And it seems to me from the numbers that that is the most acute problem, that girls are not choosing to be directors because or writers because they think it's too hard, because they think they'll encounter unconscious bias. And I feel that, that if that is the case, again, I don't have the stats there, but I would, what I would like to see is, is a very aggressive campaign, almost like a commercial-style campaign that we see you know, in universities. You see engineering companies, finance companies. They're going in there very aggressively to try and sell what they're... But I think that's a really good point. But but you need you need people to want it enough. Uh, Johnny, is that what you said? Your name yeah. is sorry. You need people to want that enough, and I don't. I, that's what we're trying to achieve. Because students are deciding what they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're journalists, and if I think, for example, in mm -hmm. a place like here, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the lobby in mm -hmm. the Garment Hotel, it'd be great if there's kind of a 
some kind of a, a big sales pitch on behalf of the industry, specifically for young women, saying, look, okay. come join us, here's what we've got. I think Annie, as president of IADT, is that yeah. you want to come in and maybe answer yeah. that question? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there are a number of initiatives is happening around that, um, Johnny, both in, in higher education, but it does need to go right back to primary school. Um, you know, go, and some of the work that I've been doing and some of the research I've been doing recently is, yeah. is saying you've got to have a filmmaking right. in primary school and B, a focus on, on gender. And I was thinking about the STEM agenda. You know, you hear the government talking about STEM all the time, science, technology, engineering, and maths. And there's been a real governmental push to get more women involved. In that. We need something like that in the arts. We need something like that in the film industry that is the big, high-profile government back to gender to really push women in the film industry because it's a growing industry. You know, it, it's an industry that the government is happy to say it's proud of and it's happy to, you know, go on international stage mm -hmm. talking about. But wouldn't it be great if we got political kind of... Um, political support for something that was the film version of STEM that would start right in primary school and go all the way up through higher education and continue into the industry. Okay, I just, just, uh, I, Orla, I know you're next. Just, just to say, I do agree with that, Annie, and I know we've had this discussion before. However, I, I, I get a little concerned. It is absolutely true to say you must start earlier. Yeah. You must, that's true. But I, I find myself getting a little concerned at the, at the continual sort of comment that this is where we must begin. We must begin there, but we must also begin now. Yeah, it's a two-pronged Now, approach. it is two-pronged, definitely. Um, sorry, Orla. Orla, were you? Um, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I thought a screenwriting module in DCU... Yeah. Years. Shout a bit, Orla, or maybe I'm deaf, just sorry. I thought a screenwriting yeah. <laughs> Do you get favouritism there or all the time? No. It is a tough career, yeah. That says a lot about the industry, Orla, though, doesn't it? If women, seem, if women feel that uh, that's the step they ought to take, uh, I'd be concerned about that. Uh, Marion Quinn, um, I'll come back to you, Dave. I just want to say, I, I get a little uncomfortable with the idea that it's just a choice that women make not to go ahead. 
which I must in a minute because I have two more people coming to. Uh, Marion Queen, you are on the Irish Film Board. You are on Screen Ireland. Sorry, it will oh, take I me a while right. to get into that. Um, may I say, I, I agree with what you say, but can I ask you, is quotas not an answer to that, though? Is that not a kind of a way of getting a number of women in there, speeding things up, and the younger people that we're talking about seeing, in fact, a multi-layered landscape that they can be part of? Well, as I'm, not, I'm not against quotas. No, I'm only curious about your thoughts yeah, on it. I'm not against, but, uh, but you know me, Susan, I'm always banging on about the market. So what if the film board in the morning gave 50% of their funding to women, and yet the market had this indifference to films about women? We have sales agents who are still the same. They're still looking for the, the young men. They're still going from an old model, right? So if we don't change things along the line, what's going well, if we, well, well, well Marion, if that is true, what you're saying, then we will never have change, because that won't change, probably, that culture, that male culture. What about Orla's point that if you make the change on the ground with the numbers, you will change the culture? What about that? Well, yes, I, no, I think it all has to happen at the same, in conjunction with each other, but that's yeah. why I think with the film, that's what we're... Well, there's Elaine Gerrity over there, and yeah, she is happy to, to get the producers in. We all <laughs> heard her, Elaine. Brilliant. They're in. But you know yourself that what Alan Turner would have said, right, that we were 10 years. Yes, I do know that. I, I know she did say that. We are. We are yeah. We're working hard. We're mm. trying in all these different ways to get. And you know me, I keep saying, why can't we do co production? I know. Mm -hmm. Gender equality. Mm. Why can't we make these agreements where we say, we'll do three of your films, you do three mm. of ours, and then we have, we have six. Yeah. Okay, I, I, yeah, no, I take your point, Marion. Just, just to say in passing, though, because I know we use, we, we talk about Sweden a lot. It has been hugely influential as a model. Cerner has been influential. And people, I, I see you, Carla, you're giving me an eye there. No, not yet, no. I'm getting frightened. Um, um, the, the, the people kind of go, but sure, even Anna Cerner hasn't uh, introduced quotas. Let's just be clear on this. And I've come back from a conference where I've spoken to a couple of Swedish researchers who were doing a huge study across Sweden on film and film culture since the 60s. 
Cerner didn't call it a quota, but she has called it a quota threat. And the only reason the researchers can come up with that she isn't actually using the term is because of the tiny percentage of fluctuation it allows, not to say quota. It can be 47%. For, as long as over, I think it's every, is it a four-year cycle that she reviews it? So let's be clear on that. It's not a case of even Sweden aren't doing quotas. A quota by any other name. Quota schmota. You know, she's doing quotas. David. <laughs> Very shortly, I think we should be cautious uh, not to turn this into a general issue in the arts and culture. Yeah. It's specific mm. to the film and television. Mm. Yeah. 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 Not for film television. Um, and, and I think we should be cautious not to, to have it shift over to a general approach. Okay. Is it, is it, is it the commercial side of the world, because yes, both on the production side and in the ad agency, the creative directors are predominantly women? Yeah. Now, I have to say, I have Lindsay Sedgwick and then Leslie McKim and then this gentleman here. Uh, so, Lindsay first, please. Hi, um, sorry, as part of the two things coming in on the idea of not enough characters. Yes. 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 What is your book called, Lindsay? Can you? Oh, wait, go on, go on, go on, Lindsay. Show us. So you're using female pronoun? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you have one for everyone in the audience, <laughs> Lindsay? Is that, pu is that pushing it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Lindsay. Uh, Leslie. Well, one observation. I think this might be the fourth year that we've had these discussions here, and I think this is the most men I've seen in the room. Sorry, just saying. Do you think it's because they're afraid of quotas? Okay, well observed. Thanks, Leslie. Uh, who? Uh, yeah. I suppose going back to the, the different options in front of us, you that you're at yep. the start. I, suppose, I can't remember exactly what the first two options were versus <coughs> But they felt very inactive in a way. It felt mm. like it's a wait and see thing. And I suppose, I mean, we've been saying this, but I suppose we feel like we're anything but inactive, actually. I think we're in the trenches. And in a good way, uh, we're in the trenches on this and in, in the film board of Screen Ireland. And, uh, and I know sometimes that's frustrating for people because they're going, I don't think anybody would doubt th that right. that so commitment. Even something like talking about the representation of women, mm. Kate mm. yep. Taylor, yep. So I think we're conscious of flipping the roles and scripts, yep. saying to people, "Make that a woman." It's a multifaceted approach, yep. but it's going to take. 
Okay, but Leslie, can I put it to you since... Thank heavens you put your hand up, which means now you're a sitting duck for my question. Um, and I just said the same to Mary. Obviously, as people will know, probably, that you are on the film board. Why not quotas? I suppose, again, not against quotas. It's personal. We don't necessarily have you know, policy on this as yet in the board as a whole. But uh, I, I suppose I feel like we're trying so many things on a multifaceted approach. I'm just kind of going, give us a little bit of time here. Because actually, and I understand the frustration saying it should be now. But I think we are changing the culture. The production companies are reacting to this 50 grand and 100 grand incentive. We have 50-50 in the shorts. That's the whole next generation of women writing directors in the shorts who are coming through. And they're, They'll still be looking for producers, Leslie. And when producers, now they might have been always looking in the right direction, or they were only looking at the men because that was all that was going mm-hmm. through. They're going to see the brightest and the best of those shorts, and they're going to jump on them. So I, I, I think it is happening. Mm. It's just taken a little bit. Okay. Um, this gentleman here, sorry. Hi. Um, I understand that this is uh, like uh, the writers, <laughs> directors, slash producers uh, discussion, but as the woman over mentioned, that uh, the issue still persists in post production. So, like, I was in a panel uh, a few days ago, and like the guest speaker said that like uh, women composers are not hired to do action cues uh, mm. just because they are women, and like it's it's just, it's just that bias mm. and like. I have, I have, like, I have experienced, I have seen the, that happen in front of my eyes as well. But like, what are the, like, how, like, uh, there are, there are uh, measures to like tackle these, uh, tackle these problems uh, in the directors slash producers uh, side of things. But what, what sort of steps are being taken to tackle in the post-production side? Which really yeah, that, that's it. That's a really good point. And crew, all the issues around crew get sidelined. And the reason is there's only so much energy and so many people. And there's also the research would prove that if you have more women directors, particularly, and writers maybe also, uh, producers, I just say I, women producers, that's a whole big, as a researcher, that's just something I really can't get my head around. Uh, but they, the hiring practices do change when you have women at the helm. So that is the hope. It's not that that conversation hasn't got to happen. And women in film and television particularly, have a much broader remit than, for instance, the EAC, and they would be, uh, you know, looking for for all of their members, and and these are issues. It's just that for now, the fastest route to change appears to be to look at writer, directors, producers, you know. One more question. Anyone from this side, you've been so quiet. (laughs) No? Nobody? Okay, go on then. Yes. This is the very last question of the day. Yeah, I guess it just coming up on um, like post production. I work as a photographer and oh, yeah, as okay. a, yes. as a just, you know, just thinking about assessments of that you're doing I think are really positive in, in that way. But I'm wondering if you're looking at 
other like above the line, below the line hires or like directors of photography as mm -hmm. part of sort of that package of people that you know mm -hmm. are people bringing in, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we are in, in Screen Island. Certainly we look at DOPs and we look at, at editors and we look at other roles as well. And in my other hat, in, in IEDT, then we're really conscious of the gender balance on our costume programs, our makeup programs, our um, 3D design programs, our film programs, and there's huge gender imbalances both ways. So I think the whole area of, of post-production and of design and of crewing and all of that is something that we do need, we're very aware of, we do need to tackle, but I would, I would fully support Susan. If you, if you start with the directors, producers and writers, it does have a ripple down effect. But I think going back to education, you can begin to bring in the role models and the positive um, change that you need in relation to those different uh, roles in, in makeup, costume, editing and all the rest of it. You can begin very early and do that as well. Okay, I lied. It isn't actually the last question of the day, but it nearly is because Birch Hamilton just wants to get in and this really is the last question of the day. I think that's the power of Yeah. I hope you um I hope you enjoyed all that. Thanks to the panel, thanks to wow. David, Orla, Annie and Michael. I know we could have we could have gone back and I had a whole range of questions that go back, but at the end of the day, it was to hear the maximum number of voices and I think that you did uh, engage very well and thank you for that. Thanks to all of you. You know, every year that passes, it's kind of like, what are we going to do for the FLA debate this year? <laughs> and whilst it's wonderful and, you know, uh, uh, it is great to meet and, and hear talk, it's, it's about more than that. And let's just hope uh, that, um, that by the time we see you again next year, there will have been considerable work done on the quota issue, and at the very least that we will have engaged uh, with the funders and uh, moved that whole um, aspect forward a little bit. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.